morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea and far beyond. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday for Torch Report 509. It's time to talk solutions. Friends, from the, from the art of war to the practical, tactical things that we can do, the words I'm going to share with you today just kind of flow from the heart here because truth be told, I had written up about two-thirds of a different report this morning and uh, I was dissecting the intersection between the global climate agenda and local politics and citing some of the strategies that are being deployed at the UN's recent climate conference and all of that, but something just felt a little off. I felt out of sync. It just felt so forced. I thought, ah, man, and I realized, zoinks, I'm writing from the head. I'm not writing from the heart. And having recently reflected on this lesson, as a matter of fact, Torch Report 498, Wisdom, Solutions, and Peace of Mind, I was reflecting on this difference between, you know, writing from the head, writing from the heart. And so I knew what I had to do because I'd just faced this before and I had to stop. I had to take a deep breath. Take a step back and reconnect with that inner voice, that still small voice within. And so I did. And uh, then I kind of proceeded to to push forth here. So there were three stories that that stood out to me this morning. And I I was kind of surveying the media landscape. I mean, all the stuff about, oh, my gosh, Hunter Biden. uh, He's got four more indictments against him and all crap like that. You know, we've got U.S. military bases being attacked over in Iraq and all that kind of stuff. Now, none of this stuff is being put in the written report today. But I did want to point out three things that did stand out to me and kind of explain why. The first was an article out over at... uh, the Real Clear Wire, it was a, the crippling economic cost of green energy subsidies. Uh, this, the next one was over at therealinvestment.com. Uh, it was The American Dream is Not Dead, 10 Steps to Achieve It. And the third one was Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones talking about deplatforming, depopulation, and the new world order. So that first article about the crippling economic cost of green energy was just a reminder, just another smack in the face, essentially, but just a reminder of how ridiculous the entire green agenda is. And that's what I had originally started to hammer on this morning, but the inspiration just sort of fizzled there. I mean, it just kind of feels like, you know what? I'm explaining things here that people already probably know. So, I mean, especially the astute listening audience of the Torch Report. And thank you for being here and tuning in and listening to your favorite fuzzy peasant and and sticking with me here as I drill down on something a little more important today. The, uh, The second article, The American Dream is Not Dead, I found that very inspirational. And it was just kind of showing that despite all of the class warfare that has convinced over 50% of young people to favor socialism over capitalism. That's because the commies are taking over the world. I mean, despite all of that, the opportunity to build the American dream is still very much alive and well. And the author spells out 10 steps to make the American dream a reality. And I just want to share the first five here. It says, first, Be accountable for your current situation. Blaming others only keeps you from taking steps to fix it. I think that's very applicable to our political circumstance. The second thing is, your life 
depends on it literally. If, if you don't take control of your life and circumstances, then your life and circumstances are going to take control of you. I think that's something that we all need to uh, keep in mind. And the third thing is to control, to take control of circumstances, to put yourself, ourselves in a position to control what happens around us. Uh, you need to control what's going on around you to the best of the ability that you can. The fourth step of building the American dream is you have to really want it, you know? And if you're not committed, you're going to fail. If you think, ah, well, maybe this will work, maybe it won't, then you fail. So you really have to want it. You have to commit. You have to sacrifice. You have to step out of the comfort zone, have the courage to go for it. The fifth step of building the American dream is to be bold because not only can you not build the American dream with, uh, you know, without being bold, no one's really going to take you seriously and, and believe in you unless you take yourself seriously and believe in yourself. And so I just, I thought those were really good reminders and reminding, uh, reading those words this morning stirred up memories for myself, for me, uh, of how more than once I've had to crawl myself out of a wallow of despair and self-pity, you know, and, and make no mistake. I mean, we're, we're talking bootstrapping moments in life, and I'm sure we've all been there. Uh, for me, the pain had broke me down, and that, that was visceral. That was real. So this this despair and self-pity had come from, from real factors here, but I had to realize, even in, those, in that dark and broken place, that pain did not have to be the controlling factor of my life. I learned the hard way, PhD from the School of Hard Knocks, by the way, I learned that I could control the pain. I learned that I could control my brain. I learned that I could control my life despite my body being broken and all that crap. So instantly, you know, as I was reflecting on that this morning, it connected with our current circumstances in a really interesting sort of way. You know, I've often repeated the mantra that pain is all part of the plan because they are intentionally inflicting pain upon the peasantry. So, uh, and as a matter of fact, Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones, they really made it clear. Hey, if people think things are bad now, you just wait to what the next 13 months are going to look like. But let's, let's set that aside because despite the pain and the fact that pain is all part of the plan, we are still in control of our lives. and. Sometimes, you know, my mind pictures everything that's going on in the world like it's this big epic battle between good and evil. And in many ways it is. So I think other people can probably envision it that way as well. And I think about these quote unquote dark times, you know, I, I, but then I look out the window and the sun is shining. I got sunshine glistening off frosty leaves this morning. I look outside and it's bright outside. So it's dark times, but it's still bright outside. And, and even though the days are short, and there is more darkness in the world today, literally and figuratively, as we close in on the, on the winter solstice here. Soon, the days will be getting longer, and there will once again be more light in the world around us. And, and this too shall pass. The pendulum will swing as, as much as the geopolitical chaos and insanity seems to be all-consuming. At some point, we're going to restore natural law and order. That's just the way that it works. And so I was, as I was reading the uh, article on Tucker Carlson and Alec Jones, there's lots of links in there. Uh, the link is in there to watch the video as well. But I realize these guys pretty much laid out everything that I've been harping on 
about the globalist depopulation agenda, the new world order and all that. And it's nice to know that I'm in good company (laughs) in bringing this stuff to light. But honestly, my mind kind of took it in a different direction as I was reading and following along their conversation this morning. My ego was screaming, see, I told you so. I knew I was right. See, I told you so. But my heart just kind of sank because I had to realize and just really face the fact that there are, are a lot of people out there who have been staying this stuff for a lot longer than I have. Uh, and some of them have a huge audience, right? And what? All of it seems to have been to no avail. Has there been any justice? Has there been any accountability? Has there been any change in direction here? I believe the answer is no. There has only been a steady escalation of obfuscation and insanity. And along with that, as the corruption has continued to accelerate and become more readily apparent, there has also come a great cloud of demoralization. Not only people are just kind of sick of it, people are sick of nothing happening. People are sick of fighting and pushing back, but not gaining any traction or getting any results. And I understand how that feels because I feel the same way. But I also understand that when we feel that way, when we feel demoralized down and like there's just no hope, then they've got us exactly where they want us. As I've said before, they are working relentlessly to break our will to resist, to outlast us, to stretch our perseverance to the breaking point, to win in a war of attrition. Death by a thousand cuts, friends, it's the Chinese art of war, and it begs the question, can we the people still win? Now, I did put a link here to Torture Port 210. It was titled, Can We the People Still Win? Uh, Analyzing the Art of War, the famous text of Sun Tzu, uh, written more than 2,400 years ago. 2,400, not 24,000, 2,400 years ago. You know, it's timeless wisdom, and it's very relevant to where we're at right now. Can we the people win? I've explored that question before. The answer is absolutely we can win, and win we must, you know? That article... Uh, That article about the American dream, it had one more quote in particular that really struck a note with me this morning, and it said this, the difference between success and failure is the will to keep going. Can we win? Well, the difference between success and failure is the will to keep going. Can we preserve the American dream? Can we protect the blessings of liberty for future generations? Friends, The difference between success and failure is the will to keep going more than anything else. Our success or our failure in preserving the blessings of liberty for future generations is going to rest squarely upon our will to keep going. Uh, It's kind of hard to keep going, though, if we don't know where we're going, right? And so I I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, does that make sense, friends, when I say it's, it's hard to keep going? If success rests on our will to keep going, it's hard to keep going if we don't know where we're going. Does that make sense? So perseverance and pushing through kind of seems like pointless plotting if we have no vision of where we're headed, if we have no strategy for how to get there. That's when the demoralization sets in. That's when people lose hope, give up, and just go home. 
and obviously we absolutely cannot let that happen. As I said in Torch Report 384, where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people will perish, right? That's a kind of a famous passage out of a good book, and I was ruminating on that. So you can go back and check that out. But today, I want to kind of tap back into the themes from throughout the week and see if we can kind of reach out and stretch out and see if we can grab some strategic solutions that we can adopt and deploy at the local level that you can adopt and deploy at the local level wherever you're at all across the fruited plains or of course in any of the eight different countries now streaming the torch report now on monday torch report 505 the most fascinating twist made it clear that our resistance is not futile. That's good news. The globalists are aware that the peasants are growing wise. There is a growing revolt against the system and that there is an increasing dissent even within the ranks of the global ruling class. And to me, this, this is a perfect time to push back and to push back hard. We need to use their own words against them, use their own agenda against them. And we're going to kind of get into that a little bit more here in a minute. Now, Tuesday's report, Torch Report 506, The Five Fronts of Freedom, framed some strategic considerations within the context of war and pointed to the fact that there are people fighting this exact same multifaceted battle all around the world. And not only is this another reason to take heart, friends, it is an excellent reminder that human beings are born to be free. We instinctively know that freedom is worth fighting for. It's worth the fight, and we need to fight. And this is a natural human instinct. And so this, too, gives us momentum. Wednesday's report, Torch Report 507, Hamilton 68, and Unconventional Warfare. That report provided the sobering perspective on what we're really up against, which of course is nothing less than a whole-of-government assault on the senses using informational and unconventional warfare. Efforts to divide us and distract us and demoralize us are being deployed at every front, especially online. Thus the need for offline solutions, which we're going to get into here in just a minute. Now, Thursday's report was Torch Report 508, How Censorship Changes Your Brain. And that report delved into the details of how exactly people are being warped in all these weird sorts of ways. Specifically, I was drilling down on the science of subconscious taming as the hallmark of totalitarian psychological control and all that jazz. Those who are pulling the strings can take control of the brain at the biological level, and we must account for this threat. Think about that when you're talking to someone that doesn't seem to be getting through. Their brain is under the control of the propagandist, okay? It's under the control of the global cabal, in other words. But we can break through that shroud by... By connecting at the heart level. I, I stand by that as the purest and simplest and most profound strategy. Now, with all this in mind, friends, we need to realize two things. Most, number one, most people are never going to be interested enough to learn about what's going on, to learn about all the above and all that jazz. Okay? That's just the way that it is. Most people are never going to get to that point. The second thing is that those those people who are not interested enough to learn about what's going on, these are the people who are being targeted and convinced to support the globalist overarching agenda. 
And the overarching agenda, just to be clear, is the consolidation of power and control at the global level. Put differently, the overarching agenda is taking power away from the people and placing it in the hands of the government. That's the easiest way to say it, you know. Now the government makes the rules, not we the people. It's not a representative government of the people, by the people, for the people. Now it's just the government, a bunch of commie tyrants who are making the rules for everybody else, you know. Fall in line, peasant, or else. And I believe personally that, you know, even though they've convinced a lot of people to kind of go along with this, because of the innate desire to be free in a human being, which are trying to condition out of us. But because that's still there, it's a latent desire in people's heart, we can still spark that desire, that yearning, that burning for freedom, and this is how we can overcome this. Again, you know, the, the battle is being simultaneously fought on multiple fronts. You think about what's happening in our schools. You think about the, the drugs and the homelessness. Think about the illegal immigration. Think about the corrupt elections. Think about the radical environmental regulations that are driving up the cost of gas and energy and groceries. Think about the pandemic and what happens next. Think about it all. And then realize that ultimately, ultimately, each of these issues require a political solution. Do they not? If we don't change the law... It's just going to keep going. And changing the law requires changing the leadership. This is a political process. Now, there are certainly different strategies for changing the leadership, such as, you know, finding better candidates to run against incumbents and running recall elections and public petitions and getting out the vote and, you know, a few other historically uh, time-honored ways of changing leadership. But what we must emphasize here is that the, the greater need is in changing public perception. If we want to change leadership, we need to change public perception. To win in the political sphere, to elect good leaders who will change the law, we must first create a shift in public sentiment. No matter what solution we seek to achieve, that is the critical first step. Now, again, taking into account the fact that we are dealing with unconventional warfare being deployed by state-level players. We must accept the fact that we cannot win this war online. They control the servers and the algorithms. They control the censorship, the propaganda, and the AI, and we just need to accept it. And, of course, this has major political implications. You want to talk about changing political leadership, consider what we're up against here. You know, and besides the, the censorship propaganda and the AI and all that, they, they can print money out of thin air. They have a global network of strategic influencers ready at their disposal. Uh, matter of fact, I don't know if you caught the, uh, the Rock meeting with, uh, the, you know, what's Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He was meeting with Pentagon officials. He was meeting over on Capitol Hill earlier this week. You know, so you just think about it, friends. And what, what do we have here? If they've got all of these things, what do we, the people, have? I'll tell you what we have. We have heart. We have grit, tenacity, and determination. We have American ingenuity. We have an indomitable spirit. We have a can-do attitude, and we've got nothing to lose. In other words, friends, we have everything we need except for a strategy. <laughs> so here's the strategy. I'm just going to give you my little five-point strategy. I'm going to go just a couple minutes long here to, to spell this out. But first step in the strategy is to give a people give people a reason to get out of the house and get engaged 
Make sure that it's fun and entertaining. Make sure it's not political. Get people out of the house and get engaged. The goal here is to get people to connect and then make sure they come back to that connection, come back to that connection. This is how we beat the algorithms, through direct human interaction. Now, the second step in the strategy is to plant seeds of thought using strategic communication. For example, we could say that mutual respect is a mutual interest, that perpetual conflict is a lose-lose proposition, that being human is our common ground. But if we plant the seeds of thought in this way, strategic communication, the goal here is to establish mutual respect and acceptance. This is the foundation of building relationships within our community. Very, very critical. Now, the third step And my strategy here is to reform the two-party system by dismantling party platforms. Friends, we are not Republicans and Democrats. We are Americans. We may strongly disagree on many things, but that does not mean that we cannot work together. We absolutely must work together to stand together against the global cabal. So the goal here is political unity. Okay, dismantle party platforms, get over it, and let's get together to stand against the greater threat. Now, the fourth strategy here is to organize, fourth step in the strategy is to organize grassroots campaigns to change state and local level leadership. We've had great success in that kind of organizing here in Klickitat County in our little nook of uh, great planet Earth here. But we need to start by seeking and supporting local candidates who can demonstrate a broader perspective than just parroting the partisan narrative here. The, the goal of this step of grassroots campaigns is a fresh perspective and fresh energy. We need it desperately. The fifth step of your favorite fuzzy peasant's best strategy is to emphasize voting as a responsibility. Voting is not a right. Voting is a responsibility. It will take responsibility. Uh, it will take responsible people to vote to make, you know, Responsible people must reclaim the reins of representative government, and we do so by voting. Or if we don't get out the vote, then we're going to continue to lose our country to tyrants, period. If you're not voting, you're part of the problem. Goal here is to get out the vote. And I know, friends, I know, I know, I know there are those in the audience who may object to this strategy. Some will say that we can't talk sense to these people. We can't work with these lunatics. Other people will say that our elections are so utterly rigged, the votes don't even count. At this point, there's really no way of even voting ourselves out of this mess. Fine. Believe what you want. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to lose heart, sit back, watch the country crumble all around you? You know, to each their own. You know, personally, I cannot do that. Here's what I think, friends. I think America is on the brink of collapse. I believe that this is on purpose. I think whether or not the ultimate solution comes via the ballot box or bloodshed, success will come from strong relationships and a strong local network. The two-party system is a tool being designed to divide and conquer us all, to divide us at the local, state, and national level, and we need to deal with this fact. But we also have to utilize the current scaffolding of this political system to change the system from within. So, friends, most people are never going to get off the bench. Most people are never going to get in the game. I understand that. There will be few who step up to create the change. But we can build momentum with something as simple as a barbecue. We can beat the algorithms with a heart-to-heart. We can win this war by building relationships. This is the surest way to change a mind and shift 
public sentiment. Friends, if you've got a better idea, please lay it on me. If you want more details about what I think about all this, shoot me an email. I assure you I've thought it through, and in my mind at this point, there is nothing else we can do. We have to build a resistance because resist we must, and that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take your time and go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Check out thetorchreport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and have a fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday. A wonderful weekend, friends. I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.